Welcome everyone. I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be presenting notes from the Depaganization of the Testimony of John, chapters 12 and 13. I know that many of those following this program were disappointed with the omission of chapter 10 and the loss of the Good Shepherd passage. It is unfortunate to have lost what might have been a great lesson, but so much of it was perverted that it would have required complete reconstruction. Unlike some other passages, there was not enough truth in the existing text to complete the task, and the Holy Spirit's guidance for me was to omit the entire chapter to prevent confusion. The Lazarus passage was also a difficult choice to omit, but it makes perfect sense that Jesus was not able to resurrect Lazarus, because resurrection is only possible if the soul has been transfigured to be eternal. Resurrecting someone whose soul has not been made eternal by God's gift of everlasting life is simply not possible. The reason that the pagans created this fraud was to cause people to reject the truth of Jesus Christ. None of those pagans have ever raised the dead, and insinuating that Jesus was the only one who could do this miracle gave them the ability to claim he was God. It simply was not true. Jesus did not resurrect Lazarus because the soul of Lazarus had not been transfigured to be eternal, the same as Enoch, Elijah, and Jesus. Pagans have denied the truth about the transfiguration by rejecting the book of Enoch and editing the details about the event for Jesus. The first note for this episode is about verse 9 in chapter 12. The statement, whom he had raised from the dead, has been omitted as fraudulent. Jesus did not raise Lazarus from the dead. The next note explains the omission of verse 17. The statement referring to Lazarus being raised from the dead was a curse of fraud. Only God can raise someone from the dead, and the spirit of the person resurrected must have been transfigured to have everlasting life before the soul can be returned to the body in the resurrection. The next note explains the omission of verse 23. The statement, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, fraudulently attributed to being the words of Jesus, portrayed him as exalting himself in contradiction of what is told about this event in all of the other testimonies. While Jesus accepted that people recognized him as the heir to the throne of David, he was the epitome of humility. He would not have said, The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, because it implies a contradiction of his true character to have humility. It has been the effort of the Antichrist to create this fraud that has existed in the text since the 4th century AD. It was most likely created by the pagan Roman descendants of Constantine. The curse of idolatry and self-exaltation has been removed. The next note explains the mission of verses 27 through 36. The crowd's inquiry about the meaning of Son of Man and there not being a right answer from Jesus in this tale are proof that the person writing this story did not know the book of Enoch wherein Son of Man originates to have the meaning of a natural-born child to a human mother and father. The pagan heretic who wrote this passage did not know the information from the book of Enoch, so he was unable to answer the question with anything more than additional rambling nonsense that has been deleted. Without the knowledge provided within the book of Enoch, mankind has been lost and deceived by the heresies in this text. Satan has not succeeded in suppressing the truth with this antichrist curse. The curse has been removed. The next note explains the mission of verses 41 through 50. The omitted text is simply more rambling repetitions of details and random statements pretending to be the words of Christ while slipping in blasphemous examples of self-exaltation that are inconsistent with God's eternal truth and the true character of Christ. 
The curse has been removed. The next note is about admission from chapter 13, verse 4. The statement, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist, has been omitted for being fraudulently editorialized details that had the purpose of insinuating that Christ exposed himself to others. The pagan editors who added these details created this curse for the purpose of insinuating that Jesus and his disciples were homosexuals. This type of editorialization appears in the canonized Old Testament as well. Such insinuations of perverse behavior have been added to the Torah saying that Noah was drunk with wine and fell asleep naked. One of his sons saw him and was cursed afterwards. See Genesis chapter 9 verses 20 through 23. Depaganizing the Old Testament is not the task at hand, but both passages are inconsistent with the book of Enoch and God's eternal truth. The passage in Genesis is a curse, the same as this one. Information about Noah in the book of Enoch contradicts what appears in Genesis, and the cursing of Canaan is a fraudulent tale that became the sin of racism and bigotry among the Semitic people. Jews are historically proven to be racist. This fact also appears stated in this testimony with regard to the Samaritan woman at the well passage. The next note is about verse 10, which says, Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. This was an example of prophecy because it was a realistic prediction that not all the disciples had accepted Jesus to be the Christ. The Antichrist who editorialized this testimony was someone who did not accept that Jesus was the Christ because he was a pagan Roman who altered the testimony to say that Jesus was the Son of God in accordance with pagan mythology. Judas may have been the very first Antichrist in history, but there have been many others and they exist to this day. The Antichrist are all people who will insist that Jesus was the Son of God and say that the paganized Catholic testimony according to John is the word of God. It is not. The next note is about the omission of verse 13 and some of verse 14. The statement, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am, has been omitted for being fraudulent editorialization. The statement is inconsistent with the true character of Jesus Christ, and it portrayed him as exalting himself to others. While his disciples called him teacher and Lord, they were giving him respect. Pagans created this statement to characterize Jesus to have been arrogant and conceited. The gods of the pagan Romans were this type of character because they were gods to men. It was acceptable for those pagan Romans to think of their false gods as arrogant personalities. And that is why this text portrayed Jesus to have been like their gods. Pagan Romans believed that Jesus was God, and it is pagans who will continue to believe this falsehood. The next note explains the mission of verses 18 through 20. The acceptance passage has been omitted for being a satanic curse. Not only is Psalms chapter 41 verse 9 being misquoted to prove these statements are false, but the entire premise of the speech is to portray Jesus as exalting himself. This passage has been used as an execration to a commitment in a belief that Jesus was God in the flesh, and it is a curse of Satanism. It is sinful and heretical for any man to believe that Jesus Christ was God or the Son of God. Jesus was only a man, and he was the son of a man, because Joseph was his true biological father. Anyone who has execrated by this statement has violated the first commandment, which says, Thou shalt have no other gods before the one true God. The next note explains the correction in verse 23. 
which says one of them, the disciple John, was sitting next to Jesus. The statement, whom Jesus loved, has been replaced with the disciple John, wherever this curse appears. The statement was a curse implying that Jesus was a homosexual who had an intimate relationship with the disciple John. The testimony of John was not written by John, but John's testimony was editorialized by a pagan Roman who also denigrated John with blasphemous curses and false accusations that he had an intimate sexual relationship with Jesus. The curse within this passage has enabled the acceptance of sexual immorality among the heretics and pagans who created Catholicism. Some of those heretics have also cited this passage in defense of their perverseness and immorality. The fraud and deception of this crime is now revealed, and those ancient perpetrators and modern-day blasphemers will suffer a great punishment, as prophesied from the beginning of the depaganization of this testimony. You're going to hell for that. The next note explains the omission of verse 27. The statement, as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him, has been omitted as fraudulent editorialization. Satan cannot enter anyone, because Satan and all of the other fallen angels have been confined in the prison of angels since the time of Enoch. Only the spirits of the Nephilim have remained on earth as demons. The pagan Romans did not have an accurate knowledge of truth because they did not read the book of Enoch. Additionally, the description in this passage insinuated that Jesus enabled the demonic possession of Judas Iscariot by handing him a piece of bread. The purpose has been to portray Jesus as being the cause of his own murder by enabling his betrayal with the demonic possession of Judas. The last note for this episode will explain the omission of verses 31 and 32. Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son of himself, and will glorify him at once, has been omitted. The statements fraudulently attributed to being spoken by Jesus insinuated that he was self-exalting by proclaiming that God will exalt him. Additionally, the purpose of this passage has been to portray Jesus as being arrogant and self-conceited to the point of being impatient. The attitude is expressed in the words, at once, as if it were not going to happen fast enough for him. This is also the type of statement a heretic king would say to his subordinates, and that was the purpose of this inclusion by those pagan heretics. They cursed this text with fraud and portrayed Jesus as tyrant king, the same as the pagan Romans were. The conceited and self-absorbed personality of Roman dictators was the only type of leader those heretics knew. So they gave Jesus this type of personality in their cursed revision of John's testimony. The purpose was twofold. They wrote this fraud to denigrate Jesus and to insult John, whom they tortured and exiled to Patmos. The Apostle John did not write this testimony. He was innocent of the crimes committed in this false testimony. It has been pagan heretics who have perpetrated the blasphemy by refusing to reject this document. All who are unwilling to accept the correction of this deep paganizing effort will suffer for eternity because they have execrated with Satan to believe in the heretical fraud of pagan Romans. Well, it seems chapter 13 will definitely be an unlucky number for a great many Catholic heretics. Well, that is all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe for notifications. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.